Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. I'm Mike Dahl, and with me today is Matt Mormant. Matt and his wife Sharon and family are missionaries that Gresham Bible Church supports, and we wanted to bring Matt on today for the church to get to know him more, for maybe those that don't know he and his family yet, and to learn about their ministry overseas. So Matt, thanks for your willingness to be on a call halfway around the world late at night. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So Matt, if you could just share with the church, maybe just a brief overview, you know, of your story and your family, and we'll dive in from there. Yeah. Yeah. So a brief overview, um, man, I grew up in the boring Gresham area all my life. And then, um, in high school, um, Somebody invited me to church, a youth group. I kind of grew up Catholic, went to uh, St. Henry's there in Gresham, but it was very nominal Catholic. And then uh, somebody invited me to youth group at a Good Shepherd when I was 16. Mm. Um, after a year or so of going there, I got to go to a retreat down at Dunes at the Bible camp at the beach. And uh, guy was talking about Jesus. And I'd never heard anybody talk about Jesus like that. And so they said, who wants to who wants Jesus as their savior? And all of a sudden my hand's going up and I don't know why, but, uh, <laughs> so ever since then it's been a, you know, two steps forward, one step back at times, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of been my, my story. Um, and then brief overview, I was electrician then for 10 years. Uh, and as I did that later on, I went to Bible school, went to Multnomah, uh, did my undergrad and grad. And then uh, God sent us over to Lithuania for a couple of years with Campus Crusade, our crew. And then we ended up here in Slovenia, in Ljubljana, Slovenia. And that's where we've been for just over 10 years now. Yeah. Wow. 10 years. That's crazy. So uh, you and Sharon, how'd you guys meet? So she was working at Molnoma. Um, I was a brand new student at 24 years old. And I saw her and was like, okay, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask that girl on a date. <laughs> I remember actually Josh Matthews was sitting next to me uh, and uh, I was like, Josh dibs. I call dibs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. And so, how many kids, how many kids do you guys have now? Ages of kids, all of that. Yeah, we got three kids. We got Eliana who is 12, Maya 10 and Alex is eight. Wow. man. yeah. Time flies. Okay. Yeah. So how about, so um, you guys were with real quick though. Yeah. Real quick. So I, it, it, my meeting Sharon story sounds really nice and clean and easy at that point, <laughs> but you got to know, like, it, like I fumbled, like it took me two months to say hello. Um, I fumbled my way through it. She thought I was a bumbling idiot for a while. And it took many, many more months of trying to convince her to go on a, you know, go out with me. And uh, so anyway, it, it, it would all worked out in the end, but it was, it was not pretty. Well done, brother. Way to persevere. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's awesome. I can totally relate to that story. Yeah. Uh, so for you guys, you, you were in Lithuania mm -hmm. with crew. Now you're in Slovenia. Maybe just kind of paint the picture for us. You know, what's your context like? What's the culture like? I really want to hear what the food's like. Just kind of, you know, give us a brief, you know, walking tour of Slovenia. Yeah, Slovenia. Okay. I mean, so yeah, we're with Josiah Venture here in Slovenia. And um, it's a really small uh, Central European country. So right below Austria and bordered by Italy and Croatia and Hungary as well. Um, 
and like I said, really small. So we hop in the car, we can be in Austria in 45 minutes, Italy wow. in an hour, um, Croatia in an hour. So um, you don't have to go too far. Uh, there's about 2 million people. Um, it's pretty, it's when you think of Eastern Europe, it's, it's not that like it's, it's got a great infrastructure, um, quaint, small, we got Alps, we got a little bit of ocean. Um, so it's just a beautiful place with beautiful people. Um, there's the Slovene people are amazing, tough, strong, uh, determined people. Um, there's a, a deep roots of Catholicism here, uh, although they've seen a massive falling away in the last 25, 30 years. Wow. Um, so Catholic churches dot every hillside. Um, actually, it's up on the top of all these hills, high hills, like people had to work to get up to church. Uh, now it's because the Turks used to invade, so they wanted to make them as protection too. But um, yeah, so very small uh, amount of evangelical believers here. Okay. Um, so even a very very uh little catholics as well but evangelical church would be probably around 1800 people in the whole um, country out of in the whole country about wow. i think 37 evangelical churches um and average church is 15 to 20 people wow um, so a lot of a lot of room for the kingdom to grow let's just put it that way yeah so what's life like for the local church in slovenia so all these little small churches spread over you know um is there growth uh are there church splits what's kind of the environment like there is a little bit of growth and um definitely some splits so um man it's 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 been a hard, even, I mean, since I've been here for 10 years and we've seen, I don't know, a few hundred people come to Christ in that time. Um, that's not me personally, but just everything we've seen. Yeah. So, wow. uh, it's just been a very slow growing, um, yeah, a lot of difficulties. I think, uh, pastors, you know, you have very few, even like full-time paid pastors. And I think, uh, as far as full-time youth workers that are like Slovenes who are, who are supported by the church, there might be one. Wow. So, so what, yeah, man, just I'm processing what, what you're saying. So for where you are, you're a missionary connected with local church in Slovenia. What are the particular areas of unbelief in that culture? what are the particular set of idols that you see that you encounter that, you know, you have to be aware of in terms of mission work, you know, boots on the ground? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. Um, yeah, I think as far as unbelief, I think when we're dealing with the culture, there's a, in some ways it's a lot like the Northwest where it's very post-Christian. Um, a lot of people are searching for something. Absolutely. You have, everyone's taught atheism in school. So, um, mm. so everyone walks out going like, Oh yeah, it's just, there is no God. It's only evolution and science. So, um, and so I think there, you have those Catholic families, but um, Christians are often mocked uh, and, but, but people for sure searching. I don't know how many people I've talked to who are like, yeah, I'm looking for something more. I've checked out Buddhism. I've checked out Hinduism. I, I so many people are into yoga. 
Um, so there is this yearning for something deeper, but as soon as you bring up the name Jesus, it's, it's people just look at you like you're crazy. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. That my grandma went to church. I, I've heard about that. Um, and so spirituality is kind of cool, but Jesus is not cool. Wow. So how this, do you, yeah, no, you, you go ahead. Oh, I'm just far, as far as the idols, uh, to finish up your question there, I think, um, man, there's, there's some powerful ones. Uh, one of them though, is don't be indebted. Like hmm. you've always got to have the power in the relationship and you never want to be indebted to someone else. So if someone does something for you, you do more back. Um, like I remember, you know, we'd go out and do Christmas cookies for our neighbors. Just like, Hey, this is something people do in America. Just, you know, I understand it's weird, but they're like, Oh, okay. And I remember, I don't know, <laughs> there's been multiple times when we come back with more things than we went out with. So like wow. we wanted to give away cookies and people were like, Oh, here, here's some of my groceries. I just bought here. Have some, you know, whatever. And you're like, uh, you, you don't need to give me anything. I, I just wanted to make cookies for you. And like, no, no, no. I, I need to give you something back. You know? So there's this, they, they have a hard time receiving, um, which then creates a massive barrier to wow. the gospel yeah. because grace is just doesn't make sense. And so it's mm. something that we talk about over and over and over again. Like you do not have to earn God's love. And the more you say it, people are just like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense. You're like, I know. Isn't it beautiful? Like, isn't yes. that amazing? Isn't that good news? Yes. Um, but, but that one runs real deep. Never be indebted to anyone. Um, also, I think there's an achievement piece here. Um, so one of the, the things, so we have Mount Triglau, which um, is the highest point in the nation in the, in the northwestern there part in the Alps. And they say that you've got to get to the top to be a, considered a true Slovene. Wow. Uh, so it's this achievement piece that like you've got to hit that highest point before you're even like really a Slovene, before you're considered a, a person even. And so... Um, yeah, there's this interesting sense of achievement. You see it all over the place in schools and stuff like that, where people are either all in and will go for something. And that's why oftentimes in Olympics, Slovenes per capita will have, we're pretty high in the medal race. Hmm. Uh, and they often hold many world records. I mean, even the Tour de France, top two guys, Slovenes this last year, you know, it's it, their sense of achievement is uh, for such a small country is pretty amazing. Wow. But it's because they're trying to prove to everybody especially I would say their dads, that they're somebody. Hmm. Um, hmm. And so um, it's, it's cool to see the achievement, but, it, but to see the deep dark stuff that's below it, that pushes these people to prove that they're somebody uh, is, is really sad too. Yeah. Well, what a <clears throat> tangibly dark environment to be presenting the gospel. And that's like an antithesis of the gospel um, and how you experience that in terms of giving out Christmas cookies and then getting groceries back. That's just, wow. How that idol manifests itself, even in that. Wow. Yeah. And then you couple that with the, the shame that's a, in a, in the culture. So even at schools, like kids just get shamed for whatever the teachers just tell them you're stupid. You're never going to be anything. I think oftentimes parents do that too, as a way to motivate, um, but also an antithesis of the gospel. And so oh, then you, you link that, that hard time receiving grace with, I've got to be somebody and make somebody make something of myself. It's man, that's a hard pit to get out of. Wow. So that's the soil you guys are working in day in and day out. 
how do you, I know there's a, a short podcast recording, so I don't mean to make it sound trite, but like just thinking of that, then how do you speak the good news into that culture, right? Into that arena of idols? How do you live out the gospel in that context? Like, where do you see those flashpoints? Where does it kind of create dissonance in that culture? Yeah, I think it's um, as you see people for who they are, uh, I mean, one of the phrases my wife and I love to say is like, God loves us right where we're at. He accepts us where we're at, but he, he loves us enough not to leave us there. Um, and so helping people see that God loves you right where you're at, but he's going to challenge you to, to be who he's created you to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so not that everything you're doing is fine. That's not what we're saying, but you don't have to do anything to make him love you. You just have to say yes to Jesus. Um, and then he'll challenge you from there. So I think oftentimes we see that playing out with um, a lot of broken families uh, or a lot of dysfunctional families. And so uh, me as a middle-aged dude, um, just telling young guys, like speaking belief into them um, that, that I see something in them and even like encouraging them, it's crazy how they, there's just this vacuum. And so they eat it up. Wow. And then that, that just creates touch points for the gospel then. Um, I, when I was doing more longboarding, you know, just like, oh, dude, hey, nice job. That was sick what you just did. And you're like, oh, really? You think so? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're just, there's this, these vacuums. And I don't know how many guys I've seen cry, um, like young, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old dudes when you say, man, I'm proud of you. Wow. And it, they just, I've never had anybody say that to me in my life. You're like, wow. Well, I'm proud of you, bro. And uh, so those kind of things, I, I think you, you can model the heart of God to them. And it's so different than what they've seen and experienced Yeah, that it, it creates a, a sense of like, oh man, I want some of this. Hmm. It's, it's kind of like in Psalms says, taste and see that the Lord is good. They just get that little taste of, of God's heart for them and that he cares for them, um, that he, he has come to set the captives free, you know? Um, those kind of things. And, and uh, yeah, so not many are responding, but, um, but the gospel is going out and we're, we are starting to see people though, uh, just random ways that God's working uh, and pulling people from all kinds of social media stuff, new age movements that like one new age leader randomly heard the gospel and was like, Oh gosh, if this is true, I got to change everything. And so I wow. got, I'm ditching all my weird angel and, you know, crystals and all that stuff. And then <laughs> use her Instagram to like lead another 20 some people to Christ, her followers. And you're like, Whoa, okay, God. Like, yeah. so he's definitely working and the, the gospel is going out, um, even in that hard soil. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. So how about this last year? what has it looked like for you guys? You know, what have been the challenges, the opportunities, thinking about you as a husband, as a father, you and Sharon and your family, you know, your, your work, so to speak, your ministry as a missionary, like just walk us through that uh, challenges and opportunities in this last year. Yeah, it was a weird year. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously for the whole earth here, it was, it was a bit of a doozy. Um, So we came back uh, for our home assignment, we had it planned for March and April. Great timing, <laughs> we, Matt. It was perfect. 
Like I've just got this knack for picking the worst dates ever. Um, like, cause then four years ago I got home and my mom died. So I was like, Oh yeah. gosh. Anyway. Um, yeah. So we got there into um, Gresham and then that was that, I think we had one weekend and then everything went into lockdown. I was like, okay, well, this is exciting. And so we got, our tickets got bumped and we had a hard time finding flights back, but we finally got back here in June. Um, in summer, things had opened up enough uh, that we were able to do some small camps. Uh, and so that great. was great. We built some relationship with some new churches and just helped them do some outreach events, teach them English, um, stuff like that. So it was a good summer, really connecting with the churches. Um, they were small events, but man, we took it and yeah. uh, do what we can with that. So um, then we went back into lockdown in October and that lasted till through February. Um, we had March with kids back in school and then we're, we've been in back in lockdown for almost a week now. So, Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so kids are back at home. You're not supposed to meet with people, um, in groups at all. So, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely been an interesting year and an interesting time to do uh, ministry. I think, um, it has been interesting though, that right now we've got more young people, in small groups than we've ever had in our church before. So wow. we've got right now, I think there's 12 small groups of young people. So that's like people under probably below 30, I would. So kind of college students and high school students mainly um, in groups, reading their Bibles and uh, getting to know God. Wow. So I don't know how it's happening. It's crazy. <laughs> like, yes. but but stuff's stuff's going on. And so I can't explain it. Um, outside of, uh, we just said, let's switch to small groups. I mean, with the pandemic and all, and, mm -hmm. and even just, um, young people aren't craving the games as much as they used to. They want like connection. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, uh, so it's just been great. And we've, we've done some people are doing Bible read through some groups are, some are, uh, just going through chunks of scripture. Um, but all of them at the end are obedience-based. And so at the end of each group, um, we've kind of set it up so that it's all like, hey, what, what's your takeaway? And what, what was God speaking to you through this text? And then if it's true, then what do you need to do with it this week? And even just giving people like a minute of silence or something like that, like, hey, like just pray and ask God, like, what do I do with this? Yeah. Because we want to be people who come to the Bible and don't walk away the same. Yeah. So uh, just challenging all these young people to, to like, okay, here's an I will statement for the week. I will whatever, you know, mm -hmm. share the gospel or I will um, stop doing this or it can be super simple or super complex. But I think that that small shift to and like, because I think a lot of times in the past, it was like, let's read the Bible and everyone's gaining great knowledge, which is awesome. God bless them. But then also taking that knowledge and saying, okay, what is a very practical step God wants me to do? Yeah. And, and uh, that has just been a, an awesome shift for us. That's so good. I, I so appreciate you guys and your resilient faithfulness just in your context and keeping it focused on God's word and the gospel. In anticipating our conversation, I was going to ask you this, like how do you and Sharon uh, evaluate quote unquote success? on the mission field, right? 
Like yeah. how does your, how do your peers evaluate that? How do you, I'm not trying to like lead you to a particular answer, but I guess I would just love to hear, you know, what is that like for you guys, you know, in terms of, Hey, we feel like we're successful or not. And I guess I'm, I'm, my paradigm is I'd like to push against metrics. So what yeah. does success look like for you guys? <laughs> Huge numbers. <laughs> awesome. Um, yes. So push away, push away, dude. Um, yeah, I think that that's a that was a good lesson because we went to Lithuania, like I said, for a couple of years with crew into a new city, started a new ministry. Um, and at that point, like we were in the dorms every week sharing the gospel. We were doing prayer walks, like all this stuff. And in two years, we saw nobody come to the faith. And that was brutal because <laughs> we, were, we were like, okay, God, like, we we're doing our part, like what's, what's going on, you know? And so we really had to redefine what is success at that point. Um, because if success is just numbers, man, I can't control that. Yep. Like, and I, I love the crew would uh, always say like taking the initiative in the Holy spirit um, and leaving the results up to God. So I'm going to step out there with the power of God, but I can't, I can't argue anybody into the kingdom Amen. and um, I can't make a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Like that's the work of God. And so all I can do is step out in the areas that I think he's calling me to be obedient. And, and um, so that's what we've had to define success as. And we've, we've had young people leave the church too. Um, even pe people that we discipled for years and, and they walked away. Hmm. And so I also can't control what type of soil they are. Yep. Um, I can share the gospel. I can uh, pray for them. I can walk with them. But ultimately, um, I had a friend say this recently. Uh, there's a, one of the pastors here in Slovenia. He said, if Jesus isn't beautiful enough for them, what do I have to offer? Wow. Like, I can't. That's I can't powerful. convince them to come back to church or to, you know, do something. I can't be cool enough or, or, or smart enough or whatever, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that's, mm. that's it right there. So all I can do is just keep pointing to Jesus and how amazing he is. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting older. I'm not getting cooler. Amen, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You're, you're still cool. Much cooler than many of us. Uh, our age. Uh, yeah, no, I, that ministers to me to hear you articulate that, not just like truths that you're checking a box, but you have to live into that and minister in light of that reality. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, Amen. and it's got to go deep. Like, like you said, not just checking the boxes. Like I want to see change lives, not just intellectual assent to some truths. Um, like that's awesome, but I, I want to see it go deep and I, uh -huh. I want to see life transformation. So we're always pushing for it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Amen. How about Matt thinking about those challenges this last year, the craziness of you guys, you know, coming back stateside in March and April. Um, how's the gospel been, you know, particularly relevant, powerful, sweet to you, to Sharon, you know, personally in your ministry over this last year, you know, like, the truths of the gospel, it's been said, you know, the nowism of the gospel. So how are you leaning into that? How's that upholding you in your day-to-day -day life over this last year? Like one aspect of that. Yeah, that's a great question. I love that question. 
man, the gospel is so relevant <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, it's been a hard year, like like we said, you know, with all that stuff, and then ministry and lockdown, and and even just for months, you know, at home with the kids, uh, online school in a second language has has been brutal for my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just exhausted at the end of the day and, um, the amount of zooms and all that stuff. So, and we've definitely, we've had a lot of team issues and I'm in charge of kind of HR and shepherding care of our team. Okay. And so we just, we've had a lot of junk and, um, man, I think just enjoying, um, I think the older you get and, and hopefully the older you get and more mature you get in Christ, the more you see just how broken and, and sinful you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much then sweeter is God's goodness and grace and love. And just as you recognize, oh gosh, that sin goes so deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's been fun, especially the last six months or, or so, uh, eight months, I think, just to, just to pray that, uh, the Psalm 139 part, you know, when David says, search me and know me, oh God. Um, see if there's anything evil in there. And and I think that's just been a good prayer to pray often. And then to just sit there and whatever stuff comes up, as you kind of sit in silence, just to confess it and repent it and ask God for healing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think, and honestly, as... God works on that stuff in my heart and my wife's heart. Um, then to share that with people around me, um, especially young disciples and, and other people. And here's what I'm learning right now. And they can see you're not a perfect missionary who's got all your junk together. Yep. But, uh, but you're broken and you need Jesus just as much. And, and my kids get to see it too. They get to see their, they know their dad's broken, but they get to see him saying he's sorry and repenting. And asking God for forgiveness. And I think, um, yeah. So Amen, man. The way I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I so appreciate you that you lead out of your brokenness, that you minister out of your brokenness, that you husband and father out of your brokenness. Like brother, that encourages me even in this moment here. And you know, we're, we're recording a podcast, but I'm <laughs> uh, digesting what you're saying, man. And that, hey, okay. amen. Thanks, and then you're not just replicating yourself. You're pointing to Jesus. And, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in a culture like this, like they come from this old, you know, rooted Catholic system where you like, you have this priest who's going to interpret God to you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, like you need to have a relationship with him. And so I want them to see my relationship with him and say, you can have the same. Like, I don't want to be the great savior. Who's, you know, here to help and interpret the Bible to you. It's like, no, you get to learn the Bible. Mm-hmm. Let me walk alongside you as you get to know Jesus. Um, so, yeah, one of the things that I've done to cope the last three months, four months, something like that. So I love saunas. <laughs> You're pro but saunas. Okay. I'm I'm pro sauna. Like, I, I yeah, I'm definitely uh, the ones that swimsuits are, you know, I some people, anyway, that's not important. Um, so pro sauna, <laughs> pro swimsuit. Um, and uh, but they're all closed right now with, with COVID and the lockdown and all that stuff. So, but I love like, I would go maybe, I don't know, once a month or something like that. Eh, probably not even that, but 
just take a few hours just to go pray. And I love the, I'm a person that when I'm praying, I like intensity. So either like, I got to go on a, like a strong hike. Like I can do the sit, wake up in the mornings and, and just sit with Jesus. And that's great. Read my Bible, those kind of things. But I also love just times of intense activity. And so the sauna is a great place just to be like, okay, I'm going to pour it out. And, you know, and I got to survive 15 minutes at, you know, whatever, 200 degrees here. Yeah. Um, but then since they're closed, I've, I've been just taking ridiculously hot baths on Sunday nights and, and just spending two hours just getting ready for the week. And so the kids go to bed on Sunday night. My wife goes and does her thing. And she likes to joke that I take a bubble bath. <laughs> so, but man, it's been, it's been my lifeline just yeah. to, just to sit there in intensity and just, okay, God, search me and know me. Mm-hmm. And then let him bring up the stuff and maybe read something or maybe listen to a, a good podcast or, but man, it's just been, that's the way I've survived uh, the last stretch here. And it's, yeah. It's good. I, I love talking to you because, you know, sometimes we grow up with this false construct, like the foreign missionary is the brother or sister who has it all together. It's <laughs> always happy that never has any difficulties. And you're sharing, this is hard. It's harder in your own heart. You're asking the Lord to bring up, search me and know me, confess and repent to the point that you need a sauna and a hot bath and just leaning into that, man. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So um, how about, how can GBC be supporting you all? Oh man, that's always a tough question. Um, I am, yeah, I'm horrible at answering that one just because I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm always like, yeah, we're good. You know, we're yeah. good. But obviously, we're learning more and more, too, just how important prayer is. And, and I know it sounds super Christian-y, but um, like even today, me and some teammates were just talking about, like, if we want to see the kingdom advance, prayer is the hard work. Because mm-hmm. um, everybody's out there doing great stuff. Um, but we've got to fuel it on our, on, yeah, with prayer. Amen. And so, um, so I think that's just one way is to, to be praying for us, pray that, yeah, God would tear down the, uh, the idols in this land. Yes. And that he would open up the eyes of the blind. I pray most mornings that he would just push back the darkness that's trying to, to hold people down. And um, that there would be people of peace um, who will be multiplying disciples because I can't do that much. At best, I can do a, you know, a slow addition. But to have people then who are going to reach their neighbors and their groups. Um, and so we're trying to, to create more easily um, replicated systems that's they're super reproducible and so simple things like okay here's how you read the bible here's some simple steps and instead of just saying hey let me read the bible with you let me teach you all about it like people are meeting people and saying like hey like do you are you interested in reading or meeting the god of the bible and reading the bible with me and i'm going to teach you how to do it and do you have any friends that are interested oh yeah i might have a few friends great i'm going to teach you and your friends for a month how to read the bible yeah and then I would love for you guys to just keep going. Yeah. 
Uh, yes, please. And, Love that. Second Timothy 2, 2. Yeah, exactly. Second Timothy 2, 2, for sure. And trust to others for sure. And so it's those kind of things that, um, we've got to, we need to see happen in this next season, in this next, you know, few years, the next decade, um, because the growth has been so slow and the young people are starting to really share their faith. And so we want to see multiplying disciples. And so yeah. you can be praying that there's a group of 10 young dudes who receive the gospel and just go. Okay. Be praying for that. That, Amen. that would be huge. We would love that. Okay. How about, I know it can feel awkward sometimes, but um, I'm pro awkward too. So I'm going to ask, <laughs> how about, how about like on the financial front, right? Like God's a God of yeah. money too. How are you guys doing on the support front? How can GBC be helping that way? And I'm saying that in my context here yeah. with all the stimulus, stimulus money, et cetera. I'm just going to come out and say it, that people can be investing in God's kingdom with that. So how are you guys doing? Yeah, I mean, we're doing. Uh, okay. The dollar has is definitely, um, it was way strong and it's 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 been a little bit rough. So there's, the exchange rate even has been... Okay. Uh, you know, you, you lose a few hundred dollars in your grocery budget just because of the exchange rate, you know, it's like, Man. well, I guess overall budget stuff, but um, yeah, so we're, we could obviously use support and our okay. landlady just upped our rent and stuff like that. But, um, but at the same time, I mean, yes, absolutely. People can give, but it's been unbelievable to see God just never stop providing. Mm, amen. Like, Every year through, even through some random one-time gifts or whatever it is, we've always had what we needed. So, um, so sure people can give and at the same time, God's going to give. So if they want to be a part of it, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, anything else you'd like for Gresham Bible church to hear from you guys in Slovenia, any, you know, maybe related to a prayer request or particular ministry need or opportunity or an encouragement to us, man, just hearing you talk about uh, fathering your kids in your context in your post-Christian world and what they're learning at schools, et cetera, any encouragement, you know, you'd give to us, you're in a different set of boiling water than we are. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I think just as parents are, our kids, I uh, need to see us asking for forgiveness. And, and mm -hmm. I think that seeing that their parents need Jesus so much. So that's just one of the things my wife and I are aware of. So whoever we're with, whether that's our kids or friends or people that we're in discipling relationships with. Um, well, uh, Timothy says it as well. Like, uh, what is it? First Timothy 4, 12-ish right in there and to 15, like uh, be an example. And yep. speech, love, faith, conduct, and purity. And then in verse 15, it says, and let them see your growth in these things. And so if they're going to see the growth, they've got to see my junk. Hmm. And um, so I'd say just that, that transparency um, and faith, and that just, that spreads. And oh, so I know it's easy to get caught up in all the, the stuff and all the politics and all the man, everything that's going on and the division that it just runs so deep right now. Um, but at the same time, just 
being honest about where you're at and what God's doing in you is, is I think, I don't know. Well said. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight for you midday for me. And thanks to your family for letting you um, get on a zoom call and hopefully we can do this together again too. So great. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. So uh, Matt, thank you. And thanks for joining us today on life together. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments or feedback. And if you have any particular questions for Matt and Sharon and their ministry, we'd love to hear from you all. And you can do that by reaching out to me at Mike at Gresham So until next time, have a great week. Thanks. See you, GC.